Time for another edition of Let Me Tell You Something during our year-long Melts of Five Star project. As myself, Lorcan Mullen, and my co-host Simon Cross try to watch as many matches that we can that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has given a five-star rating, or maybe gone even higher, which he is wont to do these days. Um, but we're coming towards the end of a, a self-contained era. We've got the penultimate match of Joshi. To cover, he, um, Dave Meltzer has never rated after these last two matches that we're doing one after the other. Another match involving women wrestlers, to the best of my knowledge, five stars. Um, he's given a few recent ones in WWE, four and a half and four and three quarters, but he hasn't gone the full five yet. Um, but we're back in All Japan rest, uh, Women's Wrestling. And it's the last time for two as Kyoko and Takeo Inoue, who we've seen... Uh, in a few tag matches together, and Kyoko Inoue as a singles competitor, take on probably the mainstay of this list uh, for Joshi, Manami Toyota, and her tag team partner, Seiki Hasegawa, in a two out of three falls match. Now, Simon, I think one of the most common complaints we've had about Joshi matches, if we've had any, other than your talk about genetics and bone density and all sorts of stuff about brain capacities. I don't know what you were going on about. <laughs> I had to edit around a lot of stuff. Um, apparently there's a reason there's a wage gap. But anyway. Um, Jesus! Such an ass. I'm going to get killed. I keep saying this. You're going to get me killed. Um... Simon, you have uh, one of our constant criticisms. Not constant. One of our criticisms has been that this can be overly um, an overabundance of moves and a lack of uh, patience and not patience, but maybe sometimes psychology um, and just sort of having a wrestling match. I think this very much uh, does not fall under that category. It's a relatively subdued match. I thought. Yeah, um, it's a seems to be a bit of a departure um as you say from the high impact spot heavy matches we've uh, previously talked about i don't know if it's just a change in general because uh, one of the matches we have recently talked about uh toyota versus kong uh the second outing i've obviously and the first they both really had a great psychological structure to them so i don't know if it's just a sea change in joshi in general at this time or I can't imagine so. Usually you're just constantly escalating things, but maybe not. We've only got one more match with which to look at unless we want to bother looking at some other Joshi matches, some four and three quarter matches if you want to, Simon. <laughs> well, it depends what comes up uh, around next debrief time, mm, doesn't it? Yes. Um, so we've got... So this is a match being fought under two out of three falls rules and a, a very popular format for Japanese tag matches seems to be on display in this one as it seems that... Hasegawa is a slightly less experienced uh, wrestler compared to the other three, as she is isolated for a good ten minutes in the uh, start of the match. Yeah. And the veteran Manami Toyota is not able to get involved at all, really. And the Nowes are pretty harsh to her. They're, they're doing some good bullying heel 
tag wrestling in this match, I thought. Oh, yeah, they, they get the heat on uh, early doors. Uh, and, yeah, she just, you're right, she had, like, the uh, look of a young lioness about her in some aspects. It's mm. just the weak link to be targeted. I don't know if she's like, weak. She's just uh, not as strong. Because when she does actually get to hit moves, she seems to be very good at uh, a variety of suplexes. Super quick. Uh, yeah. T-bone or uh, suplexes. Uh, she does one after the other. Um, and then she hits a Tornado DDT on Kyoko to win the first fall. So, again, you'd think maybe they're building up to a final fall where she gets the big victory. But no, she surprises the Inoue, who I thought were going to just sort of own the whole of the first fall and maybe get a pin on Heisigawa and Toyota wouldn't even get involved. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't the case. Yeah, it's one of those things, I think, where um, the heels maybe have just underestimated the her towards the end and that's where she gets in, mm. you know, catches them off guard. And then when they get into the second fall, they immediately start hitting her with like a series of DDTs. Yeah. And um, they do like a really nasty double submission hold in the match. They just do really classic good heel moves, really, uh, throughout the match. And then Takeo pins Heisigawa with a top rope knee drop. Yeah. Flips off the crowd. <laughs> it's quite beautiful, that moment. There's a proper middle finger up yours to everyone. Yeah, it's just. I just love the fact that because we haven't had a lot of um, crowd pandering so much mm. in like, a lot of the other tag matches we've seen there it's all like all action so to yeah. bring the crowd in it's quite a nice uh, departure from what we've been watching in yeah. some aspects so Hasegawa does some good Ricky Morton stuff when she does a hot tag to um, Manami Toyota she does a great bit where she just sort of sprints on her knees yeah <laughs> she's trying to get to her um, yeah like um, when you're playing with a t- like when you're playing with a toddler and they start running towards the TV cabinet and you've got to do that awkward shuffle to <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, um, but yeah, it seems like a constant thing that Hasegawa will get isolated by the heels and Toyota would uh, try and save her. Um, and, and then when Hasegawa makes one last hot tag, it pretty much immediately then becomes the finishing straight free-for-all. Yeah, uh, where it gets uh, where it, where Toyota's just hitting her moon salts. Um, yeah, there is a, a running, leaping jumps onto the top rope, which are still yeah. just amazing to cat to watch. Oh yeah, um, yeah, you're right. The gear shift though, it it just goes like straight from like second to fifth mm. kind of thing. There's, there's no like, you know what I mean? It's it's sort of it's just a sheer rise. Mm. What is also uh, noticeable is the tables are starting to become a frequent part of this uh, Joshi, these Joshi matches. As yeah. Asigawa hits a dive on the Inaways, and then uh, while she's doing that, Toyota's prepping tables. Japanese tables. <laughs> it's, it's always concerning when you see uh, a Japanese table be used. Like, you just want something to have more give. Yeah. Uh, Toyota does a moonsault onto both Inaways on a table from the... Not the balcony, but from a raised stage. Yeah. Um, I, I really stand. But she manages to hit Hasey Gower with her knees as she's doing it. Yeah. I, it's it's weird because obviously we've seen some of the stuff um, ECW would, like, was just starting to do around this time. And, and the match we ECW match we talked about had a fair bit of uh, 
Well, I actually had a bit more of direct crowd interaction with the, with uh, Mysterio using them as like uh, fall cushions, effectively. But um, it's just interesting to see. I thought, like maybe Joshi saw saw that. Maybe that was happening in Joshi first. Like who who begats who in that situation? That's well, just. Always- I mean, tables were were really starting to become a thing in in um new in um ECW, I suppose, in the fo- in the. 94 but you know we were seeing table spots being used with a uh, terry funk and dory funk against Brody and hansen in like the first or second match of this so it's not like tables are a brand new thing they were using them in memphis with a uh, randy savage's feud with the uh, jerry lauder and i think also the rock and roll express mm. so i think just what what happened in 90 in the mid 90s was the proliferation of it yeah, everyone started using it. It was the public enemy's gimmick to use the tables. It was Sabu's gimmick to use tables. Uh, when the Dudley Boys joined the WWE, it became their gimmick to use tables. Yeah. And now it's just something that everyone is possibly going to do at some point or another. I mean, that they have even like tables matches now, yeah, which yeah. my least fa- one of my least favourite types of wrestling match, but hey-ho. Let's go. Um, uh, yeah, Toyota tries another diving splash, and again, the table doesn't break because I am the table! (laughs) Back in the the ring, Hasegawa's hits a spin kick onto Kyoko that knocks her into an ocean cyclone suplex from uh, Toyota, which uh, Takeo's able to break up. And then um, Kyoko surprises Toyota with a jumping head scissors when uh, Toyota's sitting on the second rope, getting ready, sitting on the top rope, getting ready to do her own move. And that's enough to get the three count, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Given that she hit about a thousand of those sort of moves on uh, Toyota in their singles match that went 60 minutes. And didn't get anything (laughs) out of it. Nothing came out of that. (laughs) <laughs> and manages to do it after an ocean cyclone but hey as you say wrestling <laughs> yeah it's just a very subdued match i thought it was a very well wrestled match uh i, I mean, like it, it kind of showed that they could do that psychology heel, heels against faces underdog uh building up trying to keep up with the with the more experienced more vicious group and them surprising the her surprising the heels and the heels having to come with something in return um with some fun spots and you know as always manami toyota's great for you know she rarely puts a foot wrong with her actual moves um well she does a couple of times but she's still incredibly she seems to be a step above most other wrestlers is what she's incredibly capable of doing yeah um, but I wouldn't give it a five star. I'm a bit surprised that Dave gave it a five star because it seemed like in what was making these matches so popular in the '90s was the fact that they were doing so many moves, like more moves yeah. in a match that you would see, and that maybe as later taste went towards more in-ring storytelling and psychology, um, that I don't think these sort of matches would necessarily get five stars now. Yeah. Um, no, I I, I agree. I, it's it's good wrestling but it's not five star i I just think the the transition to what from middle to end seemed a bit Uh, weirdly i think it's a match that will age well compared to some of the five star matches that would like like the 60 minute in our way uh kyoko in our way yeah which was voted that that year's uh wrestling observer match of the year 
which I realise I should have brought up as we were, we were going through this, which ones of the matches were getting matched the year. Maybe we'll chat about that in the debrief. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was just, that was that was just too much for too long. Mm. Whereas and this, this was three falls in just about twenty five minutes. Yeah, but the, the falls, except as I say, maybe like the end after. After after we discussed, after um, Toyota finally tags in for the last time, the falls never really felt like rushed or it, the story was the thing that was built around, not the moves. Yeah. And that was a nice flow to it. Yeah. Except for the last few minutes where it just went mental. Yeah, I mean that's how tag matches are usually supposed to go. Yeah. So that was. Uh, I'm not giving it five stars. I assume you're not giving it five stars, Simon. I am not. No. no. Um, and that's not much else we've got left to talk about that. We have one last Joshi match to chat about as Simon gets his party poppers out and his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything else. Um, it's going to be one last match with Manami Toyota as she faces another one of her bitter rivals. Uh, one of the sort of royal figures of uh, Japanese wrestling, Akira Hokuto. Uh, otherwise uh, known as Mrs. Kensuke Sasuke. And uh, that's the final Joshi match that we've got to cover. So that is our next episode. If people want to get in touch with Simon, see if he can uh, change the air of his ways, how can they do so? Uh, people can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of falls in this match. Very good. My name's Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U W L A for Apple. N for the N in in our way. Uh, if you want to call me by that name on Instagram, Snapchat. Well, I'm not on Snapchat, so I don't know why I said that. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd, etc., etc. Uh, you can also put an at gmail.com at the end of that and call, uh, give me an email and I'll talk to you there. Or if you want to get in touch with the show in general, maybe you've got some final opinions you'd like to bring us, us to bring up in our upcoming debrief. Then it's lmtyspod at gmail.com. But until then, thank you for letting us tell you something. My name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Have a five-star time. Until the next time. on a star